I am super excited, super, super excited. Who's heard Roz speak before in this house, yeah? She's pretty amazing, isn't she? I was like, oh my gosh, we should have discovered this talent a long time ago. She's extraordinary, you know, but the most beautiful thing about her is that she just seeks the Lord's heart and she is continually just pressing into the presence of God, spending time with the Lord. So I know whatever it is that she shares with us this morning is a word straight from God's heart to her heart. And now we're actually going to be blessed by that. So please come, Rose, share your heart, share your love. What beautiful worship it was this morning. How good to be church family, hey? So thank you so much, Lockie, that new song and all the other songs that just spoke about Jesus and his identity and who we see him as. And um, we're his beloved children no matter what, so that's just beautiful. And I love that song, um, um, you know, the, the wonder-working God. And as we come here to church, we come because we're believers and we believe that he's wonder-working. And I know in Andrew's message last week when he spoke about cessationists and thinking they don't think miracles still happen. Well, that's not what we believe here. We believe God does still do miracles. And I love the way it says, you're the wonder-working God too good to not believe. So how can we not believe him? He's so good. Or the miracles I've seen, just too good to not believe. And that's why we're here. And this morning, I believe that God has put this message on my heart called Run the Race. Now, I wonder how many of us are feeling a bit tired at the moment. We've come through a season where we've actually been tired. I know I could put my hand up for that. And I'm wondering, Sally, if you could just put that image up just for a sec of Shirley, my little friend Shirley up here. Now, I don't know if you've seen this before or not. <laughs> I'll let you soak it in for a sec. Well, a girlfriend sent that to me when we started lockdown and we had to do remote, remote teaching, and it was diabolical. And by the end of about the first week, we all felt like this. And um, last week when I was just checking to see if that image would come up, thanks Sal, if that image would come up, Andrew said he had seen a similar one about a pastor, a young pastor who'd been pastoring for I'm not sure how long, but he looked about 80. Because, you know, life can just make things tired and, and we can become tired. So what I'm looking um, to, excuse me, to share with you today, um, I've entitled Run the Race. Because whether you know it or not, as Christians, we're all in a race. And when I was preparing this, I kind of had different images come into mind. Just imagine looking around the room now. Imagine these people around you running. Just for a moment, have a look. And uh, that might scare some of you. <laughs> it's scared. <laughs> we can look at the front row, they're okay. But, you know, the rest, it might be a bit scary. <laughs> might be a bit scary as, as we're running. Um, and, um, yeah, but we're in this race of life as Christians and we're running for a prize that's eternal. And I'm going to talk about that as we go through. And as I was singing this, I was trying to think, when was the last time I actually ran? Like, really ran? And, um, like, I take my dog for a walk each day, and then every now and then we do a little bit of a 100-metre sprint, and that's about it. And then we go back to walking. But I remember back in the early 90s when Nick and I had been married, maybe just for a year or two, and um, we didn't have kids yet. And he said to me, he goes, when you go to work today, he said, you know, just bring your sandwich out at lunchtime. I'm going to pick you up, and we're going to go to the lake. We'll have... You know, have you know, go there. And I'm thinking, wow, he's been romantic. We're going to go and have this little picnic lunch, sneak out from school for, you know, 50 minutes so I get for lunch, go to the lake and then come back. And he pulled up lunchtime and I was there waiting and um, I was teaching phys ed, so I already had phys ed kind of gear on. And as soon as I got in his van, I thought, he's not in his plumbing outfit. He was in shorts and runners and a T-shirt. I thought, what's going on? He goes, here's a pair of runners, throw them on when we get to the lake. So he had 50 minutes to get from school to the lake, do all the lap of the lake and get back for my afternoon class. Now, that's really pushing it. That's the last time I really ran and ran fast. <laughs> that's quite a while ago. Beautiful romantic husband. I did eat my sandwich in the van on the way home and made it just in time back for school. All right, so run the race. 
you have to wear some glasses here today, guys. I thought I wouldn't need to. I didn't print big enough. Okay. I'd like us to look today um, at what that actually means. What does it mean to run a race? And when I looked at um, some different commentaries um, about what scripture talks about there, it says, when looking um, for that, it said, everyone is running a race in life. God laid out our journey so we would know how to run the race of life. Manoeuvring life will teach us so many things, including endurance. Just when we think we can't go on, our faith gives us the strength to continue. Everything that comes against us can be defeated with God's truth. That's his word and his help. God gives us everything we need to not only run, but to win this race. And um, so I'd just like to share with you, first of all, the first... Um, memory verse up there, Sal, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 to 25, and it's in the NIV. And it says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And I love that because that's the Christian race. If you think back to the Olympics in the early days, they used to win a, a, um, a wreath at the end that they'd wear in their head. That was their crown. And it was made from you know, organic you know, material from plants and trees. But it died and withered. But the one that we run for, the crown that we run for, is eternal and it will never wear out. Um, another quote I came across when looking at also this idea of running the race said, unlike running in an actual race where only one person wins, as Christians we all win the race in the end, but we are called to persevere in this race of life. There will be days when we feel like we are running uphill and other days when we are coasting downhill. We are not promised an easy race, but we need to remember our end reward. This should motivate us to keep going. And um, I just want to encourage us today, if we've come from a season of being tired, we might even still be tired, and we're in this race, but God says, I want you to run it, but I'm going to equip you with everything you need in the race, but you're going to have your part to play as well. And I love that, because God just doesn't say, okay, I've done it all. Well, he, he did it all for salvation, but for running the race, he said, yeah, I'm helping you, but I've got some hints that I want to share with you so that you can run well. So um, I'd like to um, read um, from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, because uh, that's what I want to base it on, the great um, encouragement there from Hebrews, because um, that's my focus for today with the title, Run the Race. So Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 3, and it should be up there. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, at set and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's an absolutely wonderful um, chapter. And I love the fact that it starts with, therefore. And as we've heard in other messages before, if there's a therefore, we need to look at what went before that so we know what the context of that passage is. And so um, Hebrews chapter 11 is all about faith. It's the, the great hall of faith where it looks at those um, believers of old times that had gone before and who had run faithful races um, for God in their own lives. Um, so it just reminds us that the saints of times before also went through hardships and the ones that are mentioned in the passage particularly had gone through hardships but they remained faithful in running their race 
And because of that, we also can be encouraged to keep running our race, knowing that those who've gone before and had tough times, had hardships, still managed to push on because they were sustained by God. Okay, so I want to um, bring it back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 now. So it's established in the fact that, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and that's the saints of old... So I'll read that from the NIV. Thanks, Sal. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the the race marked out for us. Now, this next one won't be up, but in the Holy Bible version of that verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So if we're aware that we're surrounded by witnesses like the faithful saints back in chapter 11, we should have a different focus or a motivation for how we behave than as if we were just alone. People join a gym for the reason because they need the motivation of others. Like, you know, you can say, I can exercise at home, do all those sorts of things, but often we lack the motivation. So there, if there are others around us, we're more encouraged and we're more likely to pursue what we need to pursue. Um, I just want to... Um, and, and by being encouraged, we can be inspired by others and we can persevere. Um, back at the start of this year when we had the, the school athletics and we hold them at Lamberis, which most schools do, and there was one particular kid, I'm going to call him Harry. He's year eight Harry. And he went in every event. Now, Harry was, is a really lovely, likeable kid, but he's very, very simple. And I only mean that by he's not... Um, He's not influenced by other people to have to be a certain way. He just is who he is. Now, Harry put his name down for every event. Now, Harry is not an athlete, but he just gave everything a go. And when it came to the 1,500 metres, Harry lined up for that as well. He didn't really understand it was going to be four laps of the oval, not just the 100 metres straight. And um, I'd been on um, one of the place getters or timing at the end of the 100 metre straight. So when the 1,500 metre event came, they didn't need all of us staff to be there timing and place getting because it's a longer race. And so Harry got going and he went out really fast running this race and then he kind of got around the back straight and as he came down the 100 metre straight, he, he was puffing and he was kind of in his shoulders hunched over and, and I thought, this poor fella, and because he's actually one of my students, so I got on really well with him, I hopped onto the track beside him as he came past and so I ran the next lap with him. And I'm no athlete, so he's just chogging away. I'm saying, come on, Harry, keep going, mate. And he kept running, he's huffing and puffing and going. And when I'd done that lap with him, there were two to go. One of my other colleagues, who's a lot younger and a lot fitter, she then jumped on the track and we swapped over and she did the next two laps with Harry. And he did all four laps without stopping. And um, by the time this was happening, the crowd of school who were up in the bleachers or in the stands, they were championing him on and calling, go, Harry, go, Harry. And when he got to the end line, he came over and he went... You would have thought he was a great athlete. He wasn't. But Harry had persevered. For him, that was an amazing race. Not just 100 metre, he had done four laps. And it got me thinking about that that verse 1 which says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you know, those encouraging us and and just giving us that motivation to keep going. He couldn't have done those four laps if someone else hadn't got him with him. And I'm so glad that Emily hopped in for the last two laps, but good on Harry. 
Um, so the image of uh, verse 1 is that of a stadium with the crowd cheering on. The crowd is the saints of old, such as those in the Old Testament mentioned in Hebrews 11. And some of those that were mentioned were Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David, and also Rahab. And Rahab's who Kaz just spoke about here a few weeks ago when she was speaking. Um, but the saints can also include that great cloud of witnesses any Christians who have gone beforehand. So that could be all the New Testament ones as well, including the amazing Paul, who it's actually believed wrote Hebrews, even though his name's not written at the front of the book. So Paul would be a great example of one who endured and ran the race. Um, if we can envisage such people cheering us on, as in the saints of old, we too can endure knowing that they persisted even though they experienced hard times. So when we experience hard times, and we're going through tough situations, and to be honest, we all do. If I asked you just to think about the last week, there would have been a hardship that you have had to overcome, or, or maybe many. Um, but we're told to push on. So the next um, verse I'd like to read you is from 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27. So 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 27. And this reminds us of some of Paul's hardships. It said, um, are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this, but I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've, in, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have laboured and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. So all those things, Paul is talking about what he's had to experience, and yet he's the one who writes Hebrews here that says that we need to you know, have endurance and just keep pushing on for this race. Verse 1 of um, Hebrews chapter 12 also goes on to say, throwing off weights and sins. So we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and in order for us to run with endurance or perseverance, he says there's things you need to do. First of all, throw off the weights. Now, weights are not sins. Okay, they can be good things, but they're still things that weigh us down. Now, athletes trim everything so that they can have the advantage in a race because they want the least amount of resistance. Now, although a coat is a good thing in cold weather, and you only look around Ballarat to know that, um, you won't see an elite athlete running in a coat. And although a great banquet of wonderful food might be offered to you, as an athlete, you know it will weigh you down, um, so you adhere to a strict diet so that you can stay trim, so that you can run the race as well as possible. If our focus is to run our race well, our Christian life, we need to eliminate the things that will hold us back, even if they're good things. Sometimes we may not even be aware that those things are holding us back from being the better version of ourselves. So there may be good things in our life that might actually be consuming too much of our attention, and that's our attention away from God. And because he's the one who's the source of all our energy and all our, our direction, we need to be spending time with him. Um, so there's some things that we might need to put off. Um, some of those things might be watching too much television or maybe gaming for too long 
or for some it might be Sunday sports where they're going to Sunday sports instead of being in church. For others it might be overworking and um, therefore it doesn't allow time to spend with others who may need them to spend time with. So there's lots of things. So those things there in themselves are all good things but we just need to make sure that they're not a weight that's holding us back from running the race that God has for us. So, so I'm just wondering if you could put the image of Eric Liddell up just for a sec. Now, I don't know if you know the story of Eric Liddell, but if you've ever seen the movie Chariots of Fire, it was based on this guy. So he was a Scottish, um, Scottish man. He um, had Scottish parents who were missionaries in China. And so they'd been in China, and when um, he was a young boy, they went back to, to Scotland and then to Great Britain, and he represented Great Britain in the 1924 Olympics. Um, and you can see here that he hasn't got lots of baggage on, he's not heavy, he's not carrying stuff. So in order for him to run the race well, he had to train, he had to be in shape, and he's just got the bare minimum of what he needs on. And in this particular race, I don't know if you know the story, but he was supposed to be running in the 100 metre sprint because that was his favourite event. But on the boat on the way over to France, back in 1924, he got the news that the heats for the 100 metre sprint were going to be on the Sunday. And as a devout Christian, he didn't believe that was right for him to run on the Sunday, so he forfeited the right to run in that race. But instead, another teammate offered up for him to run in the 400 metres. And so the heat for that was on a weekday, I think it was a Thursday. So he ran in the 400 metres, and not only did he win his heats, but he went through to the final, and he won the gold in world record or Olympic record at the time. And um, the, the whole point of this was, and with his vision, with his head up, he was a Christian, he was running for the glory of God. Because when he was interviewed later, they said, you run and you run so fast, you know, what do you attribute that to? And he said, God made me fast, and I run for his glory. I think how beautiful is that? So when we're running our race, we're running for the glory of God too. And we need to remember that. So I just thought maybe that might just help you remember to keep running the race and to do it for the glory of God. He didn't do it for the title. He did it because God made him fast and in that he could glorify God back. Thanks, Sal. Verse 1 then goes on to say, um, but also and to throw off sin. Now, throwing off weights is one thing, good things, if we're spending too much time doing that, but also to throw off sin. So sins are things that aren't right, either by what we choose to do or by the things we should do that we haven't done. They're things that entangle us and they will not help us run the race well. And um, they mean that we won't endure. So we each know what those things are in our life and we need to be willing to throw them off so that we can endure and run well. And an easy way of checking if something is a sin is to ask yourself if that so great a cloud of witnesses was watching you, would you still do it or would you still say it? So God's word has got the answers for how we need to live. Or another one that um, Andrew mentioned recently in a message was that does what we do or say point people to Jesus or away from him? And that's another challenge. That's a really good filter um, that we can use. Gee, if what I'm saying or doing, would people see Jesus in me? Because if they don't, we obviously need to stop and it's obviously a sin. But the verse, and, and I woke up Thursday night and God said to me, do you know, that verse there where it says about the sin is not just that stuff, particularly for the people historically at that time, the new Jewish Christians, they were trying to mix some of the old covenant um, observances that they used to do with this new covenant that Jesus had given them about how they needed to live. And they were kind of muddying the waters, thinking they had to add something to their salvation. And that's 
actually historically what that bit means and to throw off that sin that so easily entangles. So it's not just sin in general, but it says in the word there, that sin. And um, so it's really important then that we're kind of aware of the historical words that are written in there. <clears throat> okay, so moving on from that, um, Hebrews chapter 12. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. This gives us the keys to run our race with endurance, to throwing off weights and sins. So I'd just like to read Hebrews 12, verse 2 for us. And it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the, for the joy set before him endured the cross. And the Holy Bible version says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, which means he did it all. And that then links back beautifully with that verse that says and throw off that sin of thinking then that the new Jewish Christians had to do something extra. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith, which means he wrote down what it is and he's finished it. We don't need to add to it. Okay, in getting our salvation. But we're still called to run this race and to run this holy life that, that God has asked of us. So when we have our focus on kingdom or heavenly things, that is fixing our eyes on Jesus, we aren't looking down and fixing our attention on earthly or carnal things. So we're not so easily distracted or drawn to meaningless things. When we see things through God's perspective, as Jesus did when he was on earth, we too should have the attitude, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus did this even unto death. And I'm just wondering if you've ever noticed, for those who are drivers, that where you're driving is where you're looking. And sometimes you're driving and you look over here and you see something over here and then you realise you're almost off the road. Has anyone ever done that? No. No. <laughs> Never. So where our eyes are and our focus is, is, is where our drive is. And um, I just kind of love that picture because sometimes you know, we're driving along and if I'm driving, Nick will say, oh, check out over there in the paddy. Okay, no, better not look, better stay focused um, because where our attention is is um, what, where we're going to go. And if we have our eyes fixed on Jesus, then our attention is to walk in his ways. So, <clears throat> years ago there was a saying, what would Jesus do? And it was popular on wristbands and stickers and it was used as a great reminder of us when we needed to consider what we should be doing. Although not trendy now, it still rings true that when faced with real questions and real dilemmas in our lives, we can always seek God's direction. And when we stop to think, what would Jesus do? He's given us the answers. And that's why it's really important for us to read God's word, um, to get into his word because he has the answers there. And this scripture won't come up for you, but um, when we want to know what do we need to do in life, God, we to ask him for wisdom. And James chapter 1 verse 5 in the NIV says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So when we don't know what we need to do, we can ask him for wisdom, we can ask Holy Spirit to lead us to scripture that will speak into our lives. Getting back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, it then goes on to say, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So the fact he's even mentioning there that people can grow weary and they can lose heart, he's saying, please just remember that I'm here, you've got the great cloud of witnesses around you, please don't lose heart. Your life might be tiring, you might come across hardships, but, um, but don't lose heart. And the hint here is that God knows that we're likely to become weary and that we need every encouragement possible. Yeah. There are many scriptures, scriptures that encourage us to persevere, 
Mostly they're written by Paul, and if we consider the source, we can take heart as he faced many hardships. And I just want to share a couple of them with you. So, self, so Philippians 3 verse 14, it says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we're, when we're running this race as Christians, I'll repeat that, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So that's what we're running for, for Jesus. And then the next one, 1 Corinthians 9.24, says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. And I shared that one earlier. Another one then is Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. And it says, Holding fast to the word of God, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labour in vain. So again, so holding fast to the word of God, soaking up the word of God, holding on to it as truth, because it is truth, so that we can run. And we know that we're not running in vain. And we know what our end price is going to be. And just for something different, and this one's not their cell, but Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And the only way we can do that when God is our source of energy. So we need to be pressing into him. And um, just one more verse there also from Paul. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. And um, Timothy was his understudy, and so he was like a father figure to Timothy. And he leaves these words with Timothy. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And so he was just sharing that final bit of wording to Timothy. So I fought the good fight, meaning it is a fight to keep running and to persevere and to endure and to be patient. Um, but because of that, he says, and now laid up for me is the crown of righteousness, which I think is really beautiful. So this reminds us that our prize for running the race of life as a Christian is the crown of righteousness, and it's in heaven, and it's saved for us, and no one can take it off us. And I'd just like to now share for us from Matthew chapter 6, going from um, verse 19 through to verse 21. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where the thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So that's where the effort of our race goes into. Because when we go home, really home, there's no pockets. We can't take anything with us. So storing up things into heavenly things brings a great reward. Um, so the way we run our race in life will reflect where our treasure is. Now this passage is often used for communion talks. In fact, I've even used it before in communion talks. But it equally reflects everything else in our life. Our time, our talent, and our treasure, or our financial um, treasure. So as I come to a close, and I'm ahead of time, so that's great. We'll get out earlier. As I come to a close today, I just want to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, together as that passage, so we've got context. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. 
for the joy set before him, that's all of us, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's where he is waiting for us. And um, so we need encouragement in this race, though. And I just want to say, please be encouraged to run your race with perseverance. Gather those people around you who will help you to stay focused and those people who will encourage you. Hebrews um, 3.13, so still written by Paul, but much earlier in that passage, it says, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. And because every day that we live is today, we need to be encouraging one another daily. That's really important that we do that. Because half the time when we're encouraging someone else, we're also hearing that those same words and it's also encouraging us. So let's make it a deliberate decision to run our race well, but to do what we can also to help others run their race well. It can be the simplest um, encouraging word, or it might be a text, or it might be a phone call. Um, Just the simplest thing can help someone else in a day. I wonder how many of you have um, popped in to see someone or sent them a text or dropped off something and they've said, that's just what I needed. Nice to have a show of hands if anyone's ever done that and then someone says, yes, I just needed that. Or you just um, say, I was just praying for you and you send a message and they go, I so needed that. You know, God already knows. So the more we press into God through his word, the more we seek his Holy Spirit to download things to us that we need to be focusing on, the more then we can sow into other people's lives. Because God sows into our lives not so we can be selfish, but so we can sow into others' lives. So as we run our race, let's encourage and help others run their race as well. And I've just got one thing to finish. And I can read it. Um, <clears throat> so our aim, and I'll read it from Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Oh. Sorry, I thought I had that one there, but I don't. So let me just turn. So Matthew 25, verse 21. And it says, and the master replied. So in our case, the master is God. And the master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things and now I'll put you in charge of many. So the notion is that at the end of our race, we want God to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, You've run your race well. So I just want to encourage you as I encourage myself today, keep running your race. We do get weary, we do get tired, we do stumble, but God's always there for us. He's always got a plan. He's got his Holy Spirit to empower us. He's got his, his word to guide us. And he expects us to run and to run with perseverance. So I just want to encourage each of us today to keep pressing on. We might be tired, but with this new spring weather instead of Ballarat winter, we're coming to a season where hopefully we won't be so tired and we can run with patience and endurance. So thank you. Great, well, let's keep running this race that the Lord has for us, yeah? Let's keep finding strength in him and enduring. And, you know, it's a pretty extraordinary race, isn't it? Like, it can be a tough race and it can be a really challenging race, but then it can also be a race that is wonderfully extravagant, more than we hope, dream and imagine, you know, because it is the perseverance that leads us to actually see God doing extraordinary things. So thank you, Roz. Great word. If you're new and visiting with us this morning, we would love to shout you a coffee. So go and see the baristas and they will make you a coffee or a hot chocolate or whatever it is that you like. Have a great Sunday. God bless you all. We love you all. Chat, be family. Amen.